now I'm recording. <laughs> person about town. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Today we have a really cool person on. He's going to tell you all about himself. Hi, I'm Rob Harper. I'm a comedian in Boston. Yeah, so what else do you need to know? What do you do for a living? I am a dog walker. Really? Yeah, right here in Back Bay, where we are. I guess we should say location, right? Uh, yes, you should say what you're doing. All right, we are at the uh, Com Ave Mall in Back Bay, specifically the southwest corner of Hereford and uh, Commonwealth Avenue. So why is this your favorite place? I'm a low-level architecture enthusiast, okay. so I don't know anything about it other than uh, the buildings that I think are cool, and I think this is the coolest building in Boston. It's called the, uh, the Burridge House, constructed in 1899. <laughs> it's one of the oldest buildings, I think, on the Strip. It was built by Albert C. Burridge. Yeah, you better look all this up. I skimmed two Wikipedias to get everything right. He was a, uh, a Boston attorney and philanthropist, and he had this house commissioned and built for his family. After he died, the family went bankrupt, and he gave most of his money away to charity, and a lot of his estate went to charity. So they got left with nothing. Uh, they had to sell this house. Now it's uh, a six-unit condominium. The bottom floor just sold a couple years ago. It's the whole bottom floor for $4.3 I think. Just the bottom floor of a building. Just the bottom floor alone, uh, which is the biggest unit. And a little fun fact, uh, Tom Brady used to live in this house. What? Are you a Pats fan? <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> I don't even like sports, Canise. I don't know if you like sports or not. Okay, so give me or give the listeners a description of the building. So, like, small details, things about it that really stick out to you. Okay, so if you'll notice, it's, uh, it sticks out because it's a white stone building. It's four levels. And what really makes it stand out for me is uh, the intricate detail along the outside, all the molding, and uh, the gargoyles. What was the last time you uh, saw a building with gargoyles on it that was a residential home? Uh, I think Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters was the last time. <laughs> uh, I think you might be right. But in the back, if we can walk around there, you want to walk around there? Walk around all right. All right, we're going to grab stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll take out your stuff. <laughs> okay. You Southern gentleman. Oh, yeah, so we're, we're going to talk about that. We're totally going to talk about that. All right, so when did you move to Boston? Uh, I moved to Boston in June of this year, so like two months ago. So out of all of the places in Boston so far, this is your favorite. Is What are the things that this was competing with? <laughs> well, I've only lived here for two months, so I haven't seen that much. But uh, the top of the Tufts Library, because I live out there, uh -huh. it's got a great view of downtown Boston. I would check that place out and uh, the public gardens at the end of this street. Also a great spot. So what made you move to Boston? Um, I had a couple friends up here, and I wanted to get better at comedy and not have everyone see me struggling to become better at comedy. <laughs> so I figured Boston was probably a good place to, uh, to kind of develop in anonymity. All right, so here we have, we've got to the back of the house. We have, uh, there's a big atrium with an amazing chandelier. Uh, Canice, you can see that, right? Yes, I can see All that. All right. The listeners won't be able to, yeah. but uh, 
so he was also to the the pictures that are available on the internet. Yes, yes. All right. So he was uh, also a uh, big into horticulture, and so this was like uh, the atrium, which is now the kitchen oh. of the house. So they just turned it like a beautiful space into just their kitchen? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty wild, right? Yeah. All right, so he was also a big uh, copper mine guy, mm -hmm. too. Owned several copper mines. So I'm guessing that's where the copper came from. I don't know. Maybe. Sure, why not? I didn't read that in the Wikipedia, but see, there's the kitchen. It's much less interesting than I would hope. Just going to ask me to go to my favorite spot and then shit on it as soon as we get here, Kenise. They seem to have lots of glassware. <laughs> yeah, they maybe they entertain a lot, yeah, I'm guessing. They, uh, they use the same brand of dish detergent I do. They have a camera pointed directly. Yeah, we should probably just, I guess, walk back <laughs> to where we're like casing the place, yeah. like re recording all the like vulnerability. Like, we could break in here. So I guess we're walking back to the, uh, the Calm Avenue Mall now. This feels so weird, like people looking at us holding this microphone. I feel famous if I wasn't holding this tote bag filled with your things, uh, Kenise. So probably really sell that image a little better. As if famous people don't own tote bags. <laughs> I think they own tote bags that cost a little more than $5. Well, okay, I suppose Kenise. that's true. They before, still use the uh, same soap as I do, so they're no better than me. <laughs> so... Tell them, I know where you moved from, but tell the listeners where you just moved. I moved from Charlotte, North Carolina. Woo! Home of Kenise Mobley. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm from Charlotte. It's part of the reason why I asked Rob to be on this <laughs> podcast. He doesn't know that. I mean, he thinks it's just because he's new here, but it's also because he's from Charlotte. So what are some of the biggest differences between Boston, Massachusetts, and Charlotte, North Carolina? Oh, um, definitely just the transportation, I think, is the biggest difference seeing how there's no viable public transportation in Charlotte, as you know, Canice. Uh, I think there's like maybe four buses in the fleet and a light rail that goes from nowhere to also nowhere. It goes from South Charlotte to sort of downtown? Uh, uptown, Canice. Uh, get it right. You should know better. Uh, the other thing I love about, as we're just walking down the, the mall here, I'm going to keep commenting on random sure. things, as there's just tons of statues and history and cool things to look at. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. There's no, like, history really in Charlotte. It's no, like, old, old, old stuff. I don't know everything, Canise. I can't read all the Wikipedia articles. You want me to just read the... No. <laughs> this is already the least interesting podcast ever. So this is Domingo Sarmiento. He did something. He was the president of Argentina. Oh. And why is... Okay. And, uh, yeah, we, they've decided to honor him in 1973, uh, nearly a decade after, <laughs> near, nearly a century after he died, yes. With a very 80s-looking statue, like yeah, a 70s. going to smooth that out a little bit. Uh, all right, let's, are we going to keep walking and shitting on all the other uh, works of art in the park? <laughs> that could be part of it. So, I... How, yeah, how's, how are things so far? Has it worked out? in Boston the way you wanted it to? Yeah, I think so. Um, there's so many funny people up here, uh, so it's nice to... Uh, I mean, there's funny people in Charlotte, too, but there's not, like, the numbers that there are up here. Mm -hmm. And so it's been nice getting to meet other comics, hang out, talk, uh, and hopefully get booked on their shows. Okay. Uh, can you see you run a show up here? I, I don't run a show yet. Okay. Yet. Yet. 
We should do a show, Canise. All right, let's do a From the South show. Yeah, like transplant comedy yeah. show or something. <laughs> Just make fun of all the things that everyone else makes fun of about Boston. <laughs> Just like the accents. Yeah. The one that gets me is the uh, the R on the end of saw. Sar. Like you can't pronounce R's on other words, but you're going <laughs> to yeah. add an R to Sar? I, 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 it's been great uh, up here with the last name that's got two hard R's uh, <laughs> in it. Happy. Kenise, you must get uh, <laughs> a lot of hard R's up here too, right? Because Boston's pretty racist. <laughs> oh, you mean hard R's like on the end of the <laughs> yes, N-word? Yeah, that's, that's the hard R. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, once, and it was on a bus... And well, I do a joke yeah. about it. <laughs> no, I don't I've think said so. I've in front of you like a zillion times. I've seen you perform twice, Kenise. Uh, let's not. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I have no idea what they're doing behind my back. That was just the one to <laughs> yeah, my face. That was just the one that was audible, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Was it the bus driver? No. Oh, okay. Jesus. That, that I would write letters about. <laughs> just a crazy person. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy people up here, especially... Uh, if you go to Copley Square, which is right here in Back Bay, today they had uh, they have the farmers market mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of homeless drug addicts. So if you look for like fresh tomatoes and like syringe caps, <laughs> you can hit up Copley Square. They've got plenty of both. Nice. Wait, how does the homeless situation compare here to Charlotte or Charlotte to here? Charlotte, uh, you don't really see a lot of homeless people. In Charlotte, I don't think, unless you're uptown, okay. which no one ever goes uptown. <laughs> Crazy cheap rent, that's the one thing I miss. That's another shocking thing. So wait, what neighbor, you live near Tufts now. Um, Tufts. Are you comfortable saying the rent there? Yeah, I, uh, it's 500 a month uh-huh. for what's mostly a closet. I have enough room for a bed, a book stand bookshelf bookstand's not a thing at all canise <laughs> bookshelf and a desk and i can open and close my door without obstruction and that's, that's about it. the space i have yeah and so how much did you pay in charlotte and what did you get for that uh 425 for a bedroom that's easily twice the size of mine and uh pretty much our own house so i live with one other guy so it was a pretty great deal uh <laughs> But it's fun up here, too. Yeah, benefits. <laughs> Wait, yeah. is this going to be your first winter? Like, your first hard winter that you've had to endure in your life? Winter with a hard R, yes. Okay. Are you making preparations? Yeah, I've got a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> i got one. Just one jacket? Just one jacket. Okay. It's been uh, so hot up here, as you know. People are like, oh, you should be used to the heat. You're from the south. And it's like, yeah, but everywhere's got AC, and it's always a crisp 72 in the south. That's accurate. No one goes outside Not during the summer. I walked uh, home from a grocery store once in the summer, and people asked me if I was okay and if I needed help. They were very <laughs> What part of town were you in? South, south Charlotte. Okay, that makes sense. It was, but it's like a good part of town. I'm guessing the grocery store was a Harris Teeter. Uh, it wasn't a hair oh, What? Although, okay, so guys listening, you guys don't know much about Charlotte. Let's just say there, if you throw a stone, you will probably hit a Harris Teeter. They're all over the place. It's a grocery store. It's and mid-level. It's the fine. The stone will bounce off that Harris Teeter and hit another different <laughs> Harris Teeter. <laughs> They're more widespread than I'd say, what, like Tedeschi's up here? Like eight <laughs> times the size? Something like that? Agreed. Mm-hmm. So, walking dogs, it seems like you would get a good idea of the neighborhood. What are some of the strangest things that have happened as you've been walking dogs? Not a lot. Nothing. It's not 
too crazy. Today some guy was just walking around fist bumping everyone in the park. Uh-huh. And he was just like, lay it on me. And I just fist bumped him and he just walked away. It's like, okay. He seemed clean enough that you were fine with your hand touching his hand. Oh, my knuckles. Knuckles, knuckles on knuckles. I'm okay with knuckles on knuckles. Okay. Do you want to bump right now, Knees? Uh, Boom, uh, there uh, it we is. Just bumped. We just fist bumped. For the listener. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't see it. I or Knees against her will. <laughs> she was not happy about it. So wait, there seem to be some trees being cut down here. Do you know what that's about? Nope, back to you. <laughs> uh, no, I have no idea. Maybe they're old or dead. Okay. So, all right, outside of dog walking and comedy, what do you do? Uh, you kind of nailed it, Kines. That's about, that's about it. Just, that's uh, I watch a lot of Seinfeld. I don't know. That's pretty much it. Wait, how old were you when Seinfeld originally came on? So I'm from here in, what, like, 89? Sure, I don't know. Uh, I was maybe a couple months. <laughs> but I had a, I have a older brother who's 10 years older than me uh, and an older sister who's 7 years older than me. So I kind of got you all got the, cool yeah, yeah, I got the filter down nice. from, uh, from their taste. So, what about you? You ever watch Seinfeld? You big Seinfeld? Uh, no. Although, for some reason, I think my mom took me to see the finale, like the series finale, in a movie theater. But we had no, like, concept of what the show was about since we've never watched it before. So we're just like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? <laughs> Why did she take you to see that? Because apparently it was important. Like, yeah, let's just watch the last Harry Potter, <laughs> yeah. having never heard of Harry Potter before. She, she thought it was important. That was a cultural event, I guess. I'm not a crazy fan of the uh, the finale. Uh, yeah, a lot of people seem don't to have tell, problems. Don't tell Seinfeld when you see him, okay? Yeah, you know, like <laughs> you, I, know, you guys hang yeah, out and talk. Yeah. yeah. All right, describe for uh, the listeners what you're seeing now. So, like, what's going on? What sort uh, of sights you would see normally here? It's just a lot of people walking dogs. Um, putting you out and, of business. Yeah, yeah. Taking the initiative to walk their own dogs. How dare they? <laughs> There are struggling comedians that need work, need to eat, need to pay exorbitant amount for beer up here. It's crazy. Wait, how much is beer? I like again. I bought beers in Chapel Hill. I know, like, I've heard of a nickel shot. I don't understand. <laughs> it's like that's like dollar fifty, two dollar PBR. That's they have like three dollar PBR. That's a one dollar more than two, and a dollar fifty more than a dollar fifty. So. Uh, and you can't buy it in a grocery store up here. Oh, you yeah. probably, if you haven't lived in Charlotte or the South since... I mean, I went to college there, so I... Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right, okay. You went to Central? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And you went to... NC State, what? Yeah. No, a group of four dudes from your college just developed nail polish that detects... Nail polish, yeah, yeah. So you guys do stuff? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it didn't, it wasn't... Because it's so rampant there, they're just really smart guys. Right. Okay. It wasn't like it's this pretty... is out of control here. We've got to do something. That's not the case. Good, good to hear. Or it hasn't been since I left there. You know what I'm saying? You're saying you're the rapist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we should probably leave that out. Can you edit? edit no, around? there's no editing oh, in this. Uh, no one's listening. Listening to me anyway. So. You don't know that. Maybe I'll release this like a year from now when it's like way popular. It's sit on this episode for a year. Yeah, until you're more famous. So yeah, like, <laughs> you may have to wait longer than a year for that. You have to become famous a year, 
No, no, it's Boston. No one's famous here. Uh, to anyone who's listening who thinks that they're famous, uh, I don't speak. He doesn't speak for me. We're good. Elling Don. He's famous. Yeah. This is another, the, uh, what's the name of this church? I don't know. It's uh, Dartmouth and Commonwealth. Another great old building. This one's covered in ivy and has a big dramatic window that looks perfect for some sort of dystopian novel. It's very Dickensian, uh, this church. So wait, what did you study in school? I studied political science. Why did you want to do that? I don't know, actually. It's such a good question. <laughs> I was a business major, and uh, that definitely wasn't for me. And uh, I watched a lot of Daily Show at the time, so I was like, I'll just do politics. For those of you who don't know Rob, he's very hipster. Uh, so if you can think of like a hipster businessman, maybe, but probably not. Okay. Like a fair trade coffee shop owner, that might be yeah. the only thing that I could be cut out to do in business. Um, so yeah, after studying political science for three years, I was like, oh boy, this is not for me either. But they gave me a degree, so it's like, all right, well, I guess. So I did that. And so I started comedy. See, that's always fun too, is you see people laughing maniacally as you as they approach you. It's always fun and definitely not at all disconcerting. So I started comedy my senior year of college uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, where NC State is, and then moved back to Charlotte and started doing it kind of full time. Yeah. How was that? Like, if that was your full time job, like, are there? Would oh, you say no, there's no, enough? Not my full time job. No, no. <laughs> No, no, my full-time hobby, Canise. Uh, um, so I lived at home for the first uh, year of living back in Charlotte, which is just a ball, because if you know my parents, Canise, and I think you do, uh, they're very conservative old white people. And uh, I don't know his parents. Fun. I'll introduce you next time you're in Charlotte, Canise. Uh, you can meet Jane and Pat. And you can meet my mom, Priscilla. Ooh. <laughs> She's also got glasses, so. Hey, now we're talking. Yeah. Just my type. Yeah, so you should date my mom. <laughs> Is she available? Yeah, she's still available. All right. I'll get her a number after okay. after the podcast. <laughs> See, I was, when I lived in Charlotte, I worked at an Urban Outfitters for. That makes so much sense. I mean, yeah, which is just a horrible, horrible job. Why is that a horrible job? Well, the job was, I worked in the back, which was great. Mm-hmm. But the, what wasn't great about it was the hours were uh, 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, Monday through Friday. And trying to do comedy every night or most nights on top of that yeah. is uh, not a lot of fun. Uh, so I quit that job. Right. And uh, started working for my dad doing like construction stuff. How was that? It was good. It was good. I like my dad. He's a cool guy. Right. And uh, it was a pretty relaxed schedule. <laughs> When you say relaxed, what do you mean? How relaxed was this guy? I mean, I couldn't get fired if I was like half an hour late, so that would happen Okay. Uh, pretty routinely. What did the other people on the crew say about that? Oh, no, it was just us. Oh, There's okay. no other crew. So that was, you know, a good experience, and then I moved uh, straight up here from there. Now I walk dogs, and it's the best job ever. Is it? Oh, yeah. See, uh, where is it? That apartment building right there. Describe it. It's made of brick. It's like the other ones. Yeah, it's it's pretty unremarkable, except for uh, I walk dogs that live on the top floor. Ooh. 
and uh, it's one of those ones where you put the key in the elevator, uh-huh. and the elevator opens into, into the, the apartment. apartment. Yes. Sweet. So there's two dogs, and I walked in last week, and there was just like ambient classical music playing in the house, just for the dogs. They're there alone. <laughs> Do you think that'll make the dogs smarter? I don't know. I was like, these dogs are more cultured than I am. To me, Beethoven is a dog. <laughs> He's not a music composer. If, say, you and the dogs were to be hit by a car, do you think that they have better insurance than you do? Uh, if they have any insurance, then I'm sure <laughs> it's better than the kind I've got. No, I have insurance, I think. Now I'm 25, Canise. Yeah, but they were like, you're getting your own insurance. So I think I still have insurance, but I could be wrong. Um, Need to look into that, probably. Yeah, you may want to know. Yeah, yeah. It's useful knowledge. What do you do for work, Nice. I sell art. Okay, where? (laughs) This isn't an interview about me. (laughs) I think your listeners would be interested to know. If they're listening, they probably already know me. Personal friends. (laughs) Probably are. These these are going to be archived and saved forever. Yeah, true. Um, so at the moment, I sell art at a place called Turning Art. Uh, we have rotational artwork that we put into businesses and homes. And yeah, people work with us, the artists do, because they get a cut of the money that we make, which is unlike other art vendors where they just get the license for a piece and just keep printing it. And the artist doesn't see additional income based on the increased popularity of their work. I have paid attention to what yeah, you're no, saying. I, know. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell. Um, that sounds really interesting, though. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you want? I'll, I guess comedy is what you want to do. Of course comedy is what I want to do. That's what you're going to do for the next... Well, I guess, aren't you going back to school, Canise? Why would I be going back to school? I don't know. Because you're smart and an adult. I already went to... I have a master's I, I know. Degree. Okay. I thought I knew that. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to... What, am I going to get another one? You could do that. Yeah, and then people do that. <sighs> All right, now like we're crossing into the what? In the public garden, right? Yeah. yeah. This is where Commonwealth Dead ends. Indeed, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think I've only been in here once or twice, but what? it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, isn't the Goodwill hunting bench in here? <laughs> you right there? A bug flew into my mouth. Okay. I'll, I'll live. Um, yeah, the great thing about the public garden, too, is you get a great view of all the buildings in downtown Boston. Yeah, and they're framed nicely by trees on the bottom. It's pretty cool looking. This is, yeah, I feel like the uh, the Upper West Side of Boston, if you're speaking like in terms of New York, like this area, because uh-huh. it's like park adjacent yeah. and uh, only filled with like people that are super rich that live in brownstones yeah. or like luxury apartment buildings. Okay, so say five years from now, do you see yourself still in Boston? Oh, no, definitely not. <laughs> Where do you see yourself? Uh, probably like New York. What would have changed to make New York more... Uh, a viable option? Uh, hopefully my skill as a comedian. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to, I didn't want to move there straight from North Carolina because I'm not very good as a comedian. <laughs> That's not true. You know, Canise. Uh, and so I wanted to go someplace, get a little better, and then move to New York, and Boston's pretty adjacent to New York, so I figured it's probably a pretty good option. Why New York over L.A.? I hate driving, so... You hate driving? I hate driving. Really? That's partly what motivated my uh, decision to come out here, too, because I don't have a car. It's great. Wait, did you not have a car in Charlotte? Oh, no, you have to have a car in Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. I just decided to leave it at home. Got it. Hey, LA's, it's great. I'm going out there in October. I've got family out there, oh, so. Cool. 
But are you uh, gonna do open mics? This time? I don't know. I might try to do one or two. Uh, do you know of any good ones you can recommend me? Maybe after. Um, so I podcast? did. I did one when I was living in LA. So unless it's a Saturday afternoon and you want to do one in a coffee shop that sells absolutely no liquor, uh, then I probably don't know one of, of one for you. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to some other people. Yeah. And I mean, they have, like, like Boston, they have a website where it has, uh, okay. like, the open mics listed and additional information about them, like how to sign up or what the process uh, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> what's, okay, so what's something that's happened since you've lived here that you say, okay, I'm comfortable spending the next two years or so here? Oh, um, that hasn't happened yet. What? <laughs> nothing, nothing that you're no, like... It's, I mean, it's great up here. I like it. Uh-huh. Uh, but I don't know. I might be seeing a different story when, uh, when the winter hits. That's it, yeah. And uh, i got to figure out how to use a radiator soon. I don't know. What? I've never used one. I've never had to. So. You've always had central air? Yes, yeah. That's, I feel like the pretty standard in south of the mason dixon line right yeah. you gotta go to live in the south before ac uncomfortably yeah i think so they had black people to just fan them <laughs> is that how it works i think so i think i didn't watch 12 years a slave <laughs> but i'll take your word for it they, they had black people to make and cut ice and then uh yeah Black people made ice? Yeah, we, okay. we invented it, and then we <laughs> shared it with you, and then you exploited us. It was a big deal. Uh, all right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that what you're fishing for? Yes. Uh, just so we have it on the record, Rob Harper has apologized for slavery. So I think everyone's good now. I think, I think we just healed we, the nation, we didn't did. we? We did. I think all we did. Problems solved. <laughs> it's great. So now we're still in the public garden. They've got swan boats. Uh, they've got a, a beautiful little um, a little bridge, some weeping willows, and yeah, some lots of people. Uh, it's dusk. Yeah, it's this is a nice time of night. Yeah, it's cooling down. Yeah. Today was a this weather's day. great. Like yeah. this is perfect. Yeah. Got a nice little breeze moving along here. Right, That's so the weather have? report, guys. <laughs> Back to you. Okay, so after this, where are you going? After we end this podcast, where are you going? Uh, we go to an open mic and at the Middle East. Which is? A bar in Central <laughs> Square. I don't know. Um, Middle East is me. <laughs> Middle East is an open mic hosted by Rob Crean and usually John Paul Rivera, and it draws a lot of people. So the list is exceptionally long. So you have to be prepared to stay pretty late unless you've written Rob in advance, and then you can get on at a decent time. So yeah. Did you did you write Rob in advance? I didn't know, oh. but if you I always get there early, so I'm like always already there when he shows up. Uh-huh. So I usually get on pretty early. Or Define pretty early. Uh, oh, top 20. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <right>. Sometimes not. <laughs> uh, but I've gotten some good spots there. It's a fun room. It's, yeah. it's a little tough, but... What, is that, what makes it a tough room? Uh, that it's super loud and no one's ever listening. That is <laughs> the definition of a tough room. So is this, would you say, is this one of the more tough rooms that you've ever had to perform in? Or what's the toughest room you've had to do comedy in? Uh, I'd say it's a pretty it's a pretty standard open mic, I think. None of them are too cushy. Mm-hmm. The worst place I ever performed, this is a little music venue in Charlotte called Snug Harbor. 
and I hosted for a bunch of bands, and uh, the headliner was a DJ. So it's like maybe three hours into the show, and I'm just going to bring the DJ on and do like five minutes before the DJ, because I've been doing like five minutes before all the acts. Mm -hmm. And um, there's no one listening to me. It's super loud. Uh, The only people listening to me are three girls at the front of the stage all screaming, stop talking, get off the stage, stop talking. Like literally at the edge of the stage. And uh, I was like, you know what, you're right. So I just put the mic in the stand and I was like, here's the DJ. And then they all got on stage and danced with the DJ. So you never try and do comedy before a DJ. I'll, I'll avoid that, thank do you. maybe one joke. <laughs> And then bring that DJ on. Yeah. People love a DJ. People don't like a comedian. At a music venue. Yeah, yeah. At a, at a concert. Not, not a huge fans. All right. Do you have any last thoughts? Um, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Thanks so much for agreeing Thanks. to walk around town with me. Yeah, of course. Um, okay, so wait. Quick last, last question. When your family comes up to visit you, what places are you absolutely going to go? Uh, I'll probably take them here because they they like all this uh, gay shit. Um, just kidding. Uh, just kidding. Please don't write a blog about that. Um, we are in a garden. Come on. Um, now I'll probably take them here, Copley, um, downtown. They like all that like historic shit. So, okay. so probably somewhere downtown. Yeah, something like that. Take them to the the wharf or the ocean front or whatever you guys call it yeah. up here. Are you- what are the chances you're going to go on a duck tour? Uh, slim to zero. Why? Yeah, because that doesn't look fun at all. Better than you anticipate. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> all right, guys. That was Rob Harper. Thanks so much for listening. This was Person About Town. And there will probably be details about all the things we talked about on the website or wherever you listen this to. All right. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Denise. All right. <laughs> you're so professional. I am. <laughs> Even when I'm, uh, when, even super when I've been drunk, <laughs> uh, super wasted. I don't think you've ever seen me super wasted, Rob. No, I've only seen you wearing a ridiculous hat, so I assume. Uh, that wasn't a ridiculous hat. It had a particular context. <laughs> so, Rob, the last time we recorded a podcast, it was like 80 degrees out sunny and we were in the Boston Common but now the situation seems quite different. Describe to us how you're feeling now. Uh, I'm mostly cold. And where have we been all night? Uh, at a party. Right? That's <laughs> you want for your podcast. <laughs> so we've been I'm ruining your podcast. You are systematically <laughs> ruining it. I had expectations where you would be like funny and charming and shit, but then you dash them against the rocks yeah, every time yeah, I talk. Yeah. I love to <laughs> upset expectations. Yeah, I can tell. I can totally tell. I also love to drink too. Yeah, so. That's apparent. That's why we're recording a part two. <laughs> because we recorded a part one and you this is totes going on the podcast. Ah, uh, uh, come on. This will make you seem more charismatic than normal. All right. <laughs> you have no comments on the fact that you're more charismatic after consuming uh, gallons of alcohol? I'd say that's accurate. All right. Uh, here, we are, here we are walking through. Where are we right now? We're 
near Ball Square. Where exactly? Unsure. But I feel like this is the right <laughs> direction. Even with this shit. Not yet. This still has entertainment value to me. Uh, I feel like we're... can't let it go. This is like... Uh, this is Kenise for NPR. We're here on the streets of Boston. <laughs> I know, I'm going to walk you into this pool. <laughs> for the record, I just tried to walk Kenise into a pool. Uh, she was artful enough to dodge the pole, but only... Did you just call me the artful dodger? You did. This is Rob Harper NPR. I just artfully walked Kanisa around a pole. I saved her life, probably. I'm going to walk her into a fire hydrant. She just artfully dodged a fire hydrant. This has been Rob Harper for NPR. Any final thoughts on your experiences in the city of Boston now that you've both enjoyed it in the summer and also in the approaching winter. Yeah, I like Boston so far, but uh, if we recorded this two months from now, I probably won't like it because it's going to be so fucking cold in two months, right? That's accurate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can he's just artfully dodged a twig? And uh, shut your mouth, Rob. Kanice is pretending like she knows where we're walking to, but she really has no idea. We're about to see at this uh, intersection, it's Highland, what is it? Highland Road. No, we're on the right track. We're going to intersect with it. Are you going back to your house? Yeah, I'm walking back to my house. Okay, I'm following you. I might sleep on your couch. What? What? As if that's like a proposition you hadn't like thought of before. Where it's like, <laughs> I was a drunk Rob Hopper is gonna sleep at your house. I've already had a drunk Rob Harper sleep at my house. Where you just planked on a fucking futon like uh, a cereal. There's like there's like video of me like getting my shoes violently ripped off my feet that like Madeline will not show me. She's like, I have the video. I just don't want to show you. Come on, it was. <laughs> This is a sight that doesn't exist in nature. Like a grown man, just like arms on his side, feet straight out, laying down as though he was electrocuted and then fell, and then sleeping like that for 10 hours. It's your fault for having the party, Knees. You had no control over your alcohol consumption? No, never. Are you a grown man or are you like a little child? Are you like a little child or are you like a grown man? I'm like a little child with alcohol. Oh, I can tell. That seems pretty obvious. All right, guys. This has been uh, an unprecedented part two for a Person About Town episode with Rob Harper walking through the uh, chilly December streets of Somerville, Massachusetts. Thanks, guys. Bye. In an unprecedented move, we've got a part three, a part three to the, the series that is Rob Harper. Uh, this is the week that he is leaving, so we're kind of wrapping up your episode that we started that, like soon after you moved here. Yeah, well, it was, we recorded like, it was like September or something like, the first time. August. And out of the second time, was any of that usable? Are you going to... I'm going to pipe in a little bit just so it's, yeah, so it's not like completely nothing, but it wasn't 
it was not a significant chunk of like verbal amazingness. Yeah, I don't remember it being uh, that revelatory. <laughs> so you've had time now to think about your favorite places in Boston. Uh, and one of the places that you mentioned was the Middle East. Now, why is that one of your favorite places in Boston? There's like the open mic there every Tuesday. That's hosted by uh, John Paul Rivera and Rob Crean. And uh, pretty much when I first got here, it was like the first open mic that I did and kind of became my favorite open mic. I guess because I wasn't around for the grandma's basement era, but it seemed like the Middle East was like the hub for a lot of comedians in Boston. So it's like you go there and you see most of the people in the scene there. So it's fun. It's fun hangout time. And uh, the room is not always fun, but uh, it's always honest. So I like that. How, I mean, you came to Boston from Charlotte and now you've experienced a little bit more of it. How would you say that living in Boston for less than a year has affected your comedy and your style of comedy? It's definitely made me a lot better just because there's a lot more opportunity up here to go, go on stage and stuff. And I think it's made my writing a lot better too because I feel like the writing, they're like the emphasis is on writing up here. What was it in North Carolina? Like, I think a little more performance. But up here, yeah, I think the audiences want to hear the jokes more than they want to see, like, the act-outs and stuff. I don't know. Do you think that's true? I definitely think when I go to other places, I'm like, wow, do they care about joke writing at all? <laughs> like, I see a lot of big characters, and this is in no offense to any other place, but I feel like in other places it's easier to get by by just being big. Uh, and here they're like, no, no one cares. Like, so what? Anyone can wave their hands around or fuck a stool. Like, tell a well-written joke that makes me think. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think, too. It seems to be that, I don't know, maybe because everyone up there's like, the colleges and everyone's so smart up here that they want to, like, just hear the joke and appreciate it, like, from a writing standpoint more than from the, like, performance aspect. But um, it's definitely made by performing a lot better, too. Um, I think just the more you get into comedy, the more you kind of realize what works for you and what doesn't, and kind of what energy to, to go to. So just having another year of comedy has definitely made me a lot better. So hopefully I, I won't have my spirit broken <laughs> the second that I get to New York. Uh, Isn't that the point? I mean, yeah, but not too bad because it's, it's pretty tough down there, but I'm excited. So in outside of comedy, how would you say you've changed since you moved from not a small city but a smaller, less urbanly dense city to a larger, more urban, more dense city? So have I changed as a person? Yeah. I think I've definitely grown up a lot in the past year. It's like a pretty big move to like come up here with and not know anyone, so you kind of have to kind of figure out who I am a little bit more. Cause it's kind of easy to, when you're like in the hometown with all your like high school friends, to just kind of fall back into being a lot of the same person that you were, uh, if that makes sense. And I've had to branch out a little bit, and it's been scary, but I liked it. And I like Boston, yeah, I think overall. I've been miserable a lot of the time here, but I think it's... Why have you been miserable? Well, I moved up here, and I was, like, totally alone. I didn't know anyone. And uh, so it took me a while to just kind of get established. And then I had about two months when I felt good. And then the winter came, and I felt terrible again. And it's only stopped being awful, like, 
two weeks ago, I think, <laughs> up here. <laughs> so, like, also, I work outside, so oh, yeah. I'm outside for, like, four or five hours a day walking dogs, and it's just... Even in, like, the dead of the blizzard? Yeah. I had, like, maybe three days off. This is? This winter, yeah. I, I work inside. I had three days off. What are you, <laughs> yeah. are you Yeah, it was not pleasant. Yeah. Uh, but he's, you're still alive. You're demonstrably still alive. Yeah, I feel like I've had the worst year of dog walking that I could have. And now all the rest of the years are going to be better. So. All the rest of the years of dog walking? Yeah, yeah. Because I've got a dog walking job in New York, too. I know. So I feel like any winter is going to be, like, milder than this one. So You could be a dog walker in L.A. Yeah, I guess. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. L.A. weather's nice. Um, what are you moving to L.A.? I don't know if I'm moving to L.A. or New York anymore. They don't have any water in L.A. It really can True, yeah. Me. It's like, what, six months of, yeah, like, water left or something? And then like, it's just bone dry. That's going to work out long term. Yeah, I like to flush toilets and take showers, so. Exactly. I take long showers, so. I do, too, yeah. Oh, that's one thing that's changed. My building, like, our hot water cuts off after, like, ten minutes. So I've been taking extra quick showers, and uh, I think my mood has suffered really? because of it. I think a little bit, yeah. I like to unwind in the shower, Canise. It's a good place to unwind. Trust me, I'm aware. It's how I wake up every day. Yeah, me too. I like a, there's nothing better than a hot shower or a cold shower in the summer. Yeah, yeah you have to switch it up. You can't, like, it doesn't make any sense for it to be 90 degrees outside, and then you have, like, hundreds of degrees of water running over you. That's silly. Then your temperature raises, you get out of the shower, you're, like, sweating. It's disgusting. I like a nice, like, 60, 70-degree shower, you know, yeah. in the summer. Um, not, like, ice water, because I know people like that. And it's just weird. That's stupid. I mean, that's a, that's a masochist stream. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, like, the same people that are, like, into CrossFit. And yeah. Cold shower every morning. <laughs> like, why would you do that to yourself? You know it goes hot, too, right? What do you think changed about you when you got up here? So I've been up here for two sets of two years. So I've lived here for four years. And I think I'm more comfortable with, it's not meanness exactly, but like in North Carolina, I felt like, oh, I've got to keep my snarky comments to myself. Like people are going to just think I'm a jerk. Like I have to pretend to be nice all the time. And here I'm definitely more comfortable than like, I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't have, we, we don't have to deal with each other. Why are we even pretending? Like, what are we doing here? So I think I'm definitely more blunt. Uh, the Charlotte scene's smaller, so you kind of have to be a little nicer to everyone. Yeah. As opposed to up here, it's like pretty big. So you can just be like, fuck those three people. I'll never talk to them, even though I see them like four times a week. Yeah. And yeah, it's been pretty fun. Have you, have you, like, I don't think I've done that really in comedy. Have you, like, crossed people off in comedy? Yeah, 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 yeah. What? <laughs> it's you mostly like new people that I've seen like watch like three sets and they're just terrible. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll never talk to you ever again. <laughs> so it's purely talent based. It's not based on like them as a person. I mean, a little bit of both. Yeah. Well, my only experience with them is watching three of their sets, mm-hmm. and uh, based on the content, I think they're horrible people. Then I don't need to talk to them to confirm. Yeah. <laughs> There's a guy who keeps threatening people. Like he, it's it's a dude, and he keeps saying very threatening things to women. And him, I'm like, no, I never need to talk to you. You're, I'm not gonna drop his name. It's not like he listens to this podcast, but I'm still not gonna drop his name. D S. 
Uh, we are mouthing things over a recording. You can't hear them. For the uh, for the listeners at home, uh, Kenny squeezed a lime into her Dr Pepper, and most of the lime shot into her eye. <laughs> Did you do anything for uh, Cinco de Mayo? So I drank a Bud Light and uh, probably got a contact high from being in a room full of people smoking pot. Is that the Wellesley show or that, no, was, that, the, was, that was the art space show? Yeah. Okay, okay. It, I have not been in a room filled with this much pot smoke. Maybe <laughs> ever. You got to come to my house. That's like... <laughs> what, what are you doing with your life, Rob? I thought you said you grew up moving to Boston and then you're doing this childish nonsense. Be an adult. You can be an adult and smoke pot. You know that. But all day, every day? Like, I think so. Really? If you just get a little high all the time. That's how you're living? <laughs> yeah, more or less. Why? <laughs> sad guy. It makes me happy. Why are you sad? I don't know. I have no career in comedy. <laughs> I have no friends. You do have friends. You're moving down to New York with one of your friends. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you come down to New York, maybe we do a follow-up and do a New York on-location podcast. Uh-huh. I do have to go down there. I have to do comedy in New York. That's part of my, like, 18-month plan, like, to dip my toe. Like, imagine the slowest possible way to get into a pool, like, inching, like, your toe, then your foot, then your, like, ankle. Yeah, like, I'm doing that. That's what I did a little bit, just because it's Boston's so close, and I have friends down there, so I can just go for the weekend. Maybe do an open mic or two. It's tough, though. No one gives a shit about you <laughs> in New York. Like, you come here, and, like, if you're kind of good, you'll be like, oh, I actually want to talk to you. But in New York, they're like, you could have a really good set. If you're like, okay, who's next on the list? It's pretty ruthless, but... And you're not concerned that it's going to eat your whole soul, just, like, a little bit of it? Oh, it's definitely going to do that. Okay. Um, but hopefully it'll make me a better comedian at the same time. So what are some of the things, uh, you weren't here for very long, so I don't know if you, like, developed an emotional attachment to the city, but, like, what are some of the things that you may miss about Boston? I'm definitely going to miss the people. I actually kind of like Boston's size. It's not too big. You can kind of get around everywhere. That's nice. And, yeah, the sidewalks are fairly clear for the most part. Like, you go to New York and it's just a crazy amount of people on the street yeah. at any given time. Yeah. And I like the, it's a friendly scene here. I like it. What do you like about Boston? So much. That's why I've lived here twice. Certainly the people, certainly like, like I don't feel bothered as I walk around or like people are like, what is she doing? Like just for me existing in a certain way. Like, I'm not (laughs) sure what that is. Editing all this out. Um, Okay, so, and I I had this long talk with my friend in LA about like different types of people. And Say you're walking by a long wall. It's blank. You don't know what's on the other side of that wall, but you have to walk from point A to point B, and you have to walk past this really long wall. But in the middle of this wall, there's a bright red door. You can walk by the door. The door is cracked a little bit. Do you go, like, push it open and see what's inside, or do you just keep walking from point A to point B? You got to push it open, right? I know. (laughs) I'm a push it open. No, because a lot of people are like... who gives a fuck what's behind the red door? We're going okay. from point A to point B, and they're not interested in what's in that door. There's like that has no relevance to them that they know of. So they're like, I'm not. Cur- they don't have that curiosity to like okay. open that door and like maybe peek in, maybe stick their head in, maybe walk into the door, see what's going on. But a lot of the people here, I feel, are like, 
of course, we're, of course, we're going into the fucking door. What are you talking about? I have to know what it is. So I appreciate that me like walking around and like, like looking at like a brick a certain way and then taking a picture of it because it looks really interesting to me. People aren't like arrest her. <laughs> like oh, yeah, this okay, crazy actually, bitch is planning a terrorist yeah, attack yeah. or something. Like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of accepting of curiosity. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was a long-winded way of saying it, but that's, like, the best way. So you don't think way. that people in L.A. Are, are the same way? Is that what you're saying? I think some people are, some people aren't. I think in North Carolina, most people aren't. I think here, most people are. And also, just, like, growing up in a conservative area and having people be, like, in high school, like, getting into fights with people because they're like, I don't see why we just don't turn our rack into a parking lot. Let's just bomb the whole thing. And I'm like... <laughs> wait, wait, uh, <laughs> you, you see nothing wrong with killing millions of people, destroying an entire culture that's been built over the millennia, you don't, nothing wrong with that, okay, nope, yeah. I gotta get the fuck out of here, <laughs> and like, and I, still the same backwards people up here too, but I don't have to interact with that's them here, <laughs> here I get to make myself a little island, and only the people that I like are invited on the island, and I don't have to deal with backwards mofo, like, I think it's part of like just being an adult too, and yeah. just like, we're, <laughs> sure the age has to do a little bit with that where it's yeah. just like you've canceled out most of the non-essential people in your life and there's not that many places that you go and are forced to listen to that kind of uh kind of stuff yeah. but also it helps to form a, like a strong emotional attachment if it's the first place you did certain things so in college I went to DC for a semester I never partied in college until I went to DC for a semester and then I partied every weekend in DC yeah, yeah. and then I went back to school and was like this is weird I really like partying but these aren't like people I want to party with and then I moved up to here for grad school and I was like oh there are tons of people I want to party with so like just to be able to express something that I hadn't been able to express before probably my favorite part of Boston. Yeah, I feel like how like young the city is yeah. I feel like it's a majority of college students are kind of post-college. Yeah. So the whole city kind of seems to cater towards that, which is nice. As opposed to Charlotte, which is, like, geared towards, like, a banker in his mid-30s <laughs> who's got, like, a girlfriend but isn't married. You know what I mean? Why is that? I don't know. It's, like, it's like nightlife, but it's, like, very tame nightlife kind of. Why do you think, you don't think, you think married people don't drink or, like, go to bars or anything? Yeah, they have, like, kids and stuff. To have kids a second year bear? Yeah, I know, but I'm in my vision. That's a very specific type of. You know what I mean? It's like we don't have kids. We've got disposable income. We like to go out, but nothing crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah, kind of like it's almost like a corporate-y kind of environment yes. in Charlotte, if that makes sense. It does, as Charlotte is described by people up here that have been there. They're like, yeah, it's kind of like if you took a strip mall. And then made a web of them. Yeah. yeah. Just connected it into a downtown <laughs> yeah. in the center. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to shit on Charlotte too much because I really love Charlotte. I had a lot of fun there. Yeah. And there's like cool pockets of Charlotte. It's just, and there's really fun people and cool bars and stuff there. But outside those handful of places, there's is a contingent that I don't really like, uh, <laughs> which yeah. is that, yeah. I've got money, and I want to show you how much money I have. And it's like, I don't feel like it's that hard to be ultra-wealthy in Charlotte if you're wealthy at all. Yeah. It's really easy to show off how rich you are in Charlotte, I yeah. think. But yeah, I'm going back there tomorrow, so 
Yay! What are you gonna uh, What are you gonna do when you get there? I don't know. There's not like shows or anything in Charlotte, but yeah, I'll probably just see friends, see family, drink and drive a lot. You know, typical Charlotte things. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Are you? I'm worried. No, I used to do that all the time in Charlotte, but now I just Uber everywhere when okay. I go back home. Boston and New York, you don't really need a car, so it'd be dumb to like get a DUI on a vacation yeah. in Charlotte. It'd also be dumb to like get into a car accident and mangle your legs yeah, and then move to a city where you won't have a car or any easy, like it'll just be make your life 10 times more difficult. Yeah, in my head, it's the worst case scenario for DUI is always getting caught for a DUI and not like something. Not like killing a child yeah. with your car? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, like all, like all of the commercials about. I have like friends that have DUIs. I don't have any friends that have like killed, killed anybody with their car. That's yeah. Good. So that seems like a, a more real uh, threat. I'm happy that I don't know anyone who has killed someone with their car. That I know of, but who would bring that up? Like, hey, you know Tom. <laughs> Baby killer Tom, you know. <laughs> I think most of those people are in prison. That's why we don't have any interaction with them. I think if you murder someone with your car while you're drunk, I think that's... Good lawyer. (laughs) Good lawyers. It's it's crazy how easy you can pay your way out of a DUI. You get a lawyer and you just throw money at it, and uh, you get a a suspended license. It's true. Uh, We'll agree to disagree about how that affects different people's lives. Do you plan on coming back to Boston ever? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I'm still going to have a lot of friends here. And Before you said you had no friends, so you realized that you're yeah, just, yeah. okay. Just uh, full of confidence. Close friends okay. here. Um, and, yeah, it's just like it's the easiest bus ride ever. It's like four hours. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, if people want to book me on their shows up here, I'll come back. Because uh, I know I'm not gonna, probably getting booked too much in New York. What does it take to get booked in New York, do you think? I think you have to be really funny. I think you have to be a semi-familiar face. And you have to be friends or know someone that, like, books the show. I don't know. I don't really know how to get booked on shows at all. So figure it out. Yeah, by the fact that I don't get booked on shows. Why don't you get booked on shows? I can't send emails to people that I don't know, and I hate asking for spots, so... I'm sure that'll be... that'll work out for you forever. I'm trying to work on that when I get to New York. You look like every other comedian. You'll be fine. Like, just (laughs) talk about... I don't know. What do you talk about? You'll, you'll talk about weed with them, because you do that. Like, oh, I appreciate your dismissive tone, <laughs> Kenny. <laughs> Just talking about your little pot. <laughs> your, little, your little habits or whatever. I don't know. Talk about where you brought your latest hoodie or your glasses or your shoes or whatever. You're just describing all things that you also own, Kenny. <laughs> Glasses but <laughs> and hoodies and shoes. Uh, when have you seen me in a hoodie? When? All right, that, all right, that is true. <laughs> I wish you could see how offended Kenise was by the insinuation that she owns a hoodie. I own one hoodie. It is my work hoodie. I have it just so if we needed for like a hoodie club or something, I wouldn't be left out entirely. But no, I'm not wearing hoodies around. <laughs> oh, can we talk about, uh, this is more about you than me, but what? the 48-hour uh, the film festival or whatever? Okay, so the 48-hour film festival is when there are essentially prompts and elements that have to be included in a short film, and you're given the details of that film 
at the beginning of a 48-hour period. Then within that 48-hour period, you have to write, shoot, and edit a project. They do this in cities around the country, and I did it in L.A., and there I did, I think, sound recording and production design. But here, I don't know if they didn't know that I do film or just didn't need additional people doing film. They asked me to act, which is just very strange to me. It's also, it's mainly... And also Christmas stuff, right? No. I was a writer-producer. I, I walked downstairs because they needed, like, extras walking downstairs. Uh, but no, I don't, I don't feel super comfortable acting. Uh, and especially since, like, I'm so used to being behind the camera and the one telling people, like, all right, we're on the schedule. We need to stick to the schedule. What are we doing? That if I'm an actor or if I'm acting and I see, like, inefficiencies, I know that I can't talk about them, so I'm just frustrated the whole time. Like, why the fuck are we doing it this way? Like, this is stupid. Like, why are we, like, this camera set up? Clearly, we should have gotten this shot and this shot together. Like, what are we even talking about here? Like, so it's very hard for me to act uh, when I'm thinking, like, this is taking 20 minutes. This is taking 20 minutes to set up the shot. There are, like, three setups behind. Like, what are we, yeah. So I... I don't think I should act in things is essentially what I'm saying. Why did you, did you have questions about that? Or you just yeah, feeling? I just wanted to know about it. I saw, I was out of town and I saw about it on the internet. So I wanted to hear what your experience was. And uh, I'm so uncomfortable acting that I have to change my physicality in some way to make me more comfortable. So I actually have a wig that's my oh, acting yeah. wig. <laughs> so like I put on my acting wig and I'm like, okay, now I'm acting and I can like, play off this thing as part of my character versus just like, oh, I look like me and I'm dressed like me and I um, now I'm not me. Like, it feels very weird. So I have to do something. Like, acted in anything, and I don't think I'd be good at it. Why? Unless you wanted someone that looks and acts like me. I don't know if I could, uh, it just, acting seems silly. Why? I don't know. It's, you're, you're playing, like, it's pretend, you know what I mean? It seems silly. <laughs> I just can't get into it. Do you like media, like watching other people act? Or like? Yeah, just for me, I'm just like, I, it doesn't feel right for me. But that's cool. So what are some of your biggest regrets in Boston? Like things you wanted to get done while you were here, but that you weren't able to do in the period of time? I would have liked to have seen more of the city. I didn't really like spend a lot of time in kind of the, like the seaport area, like downtown that much. And it seems like a really cool area. Like I had to go over to Haymarket because there's like the big RMV over there, DMV. I had to get like an ID. And I was like, oh man, this area is beautiful. Why did I wait to get a license to come over here? So yeah, if I had another year, I'd probably just explore the city more. I was, when I moved over, I was like, oh, there's so much history. It's going to be cool to, like, see all this historic stuff. And then I just did none of that. Yeah. <laughs> I just stayed in my house under blankets <laughs> for lots of months. What are some of the things that you regret that you did do? <laughs> that you were like, I did this, and it was a complete fucking waste of my time. Uh, probably t the first two episodes, <laughs> or the first two runs of this podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got Zankanis. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. I don't really have too many regrets from up here, mm. or regrets of things that I did. Mm. <laughs> what do you what, do? You have any regrets uh, since you've been here? Um, have you done the show or something? And uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I would never. <laughs> I will never. Figured, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's not like I'm suddenly presto changeo. Like I had like a lapse of all of my judgment. I don't know. I think I regret. No, I was gonna say being open with people. I'm probably too open with people. Like too quick to be like, nope, you're dead to me. Like I cut people out of my life really quickly. So I probably could not have done that in some instances, I guess. But uh, I don't feel worse for it. So maybe yeah, fuck it. I, I could have been nicer, I guess. <laughs> Uh, we're not um, dead. Yeah. I could have been nicer. I could have been more like a few, like blah blah blah. We're not dead. Oh, I did. Uh, I did like break my nose <laughs> the first couple months. Did? <laughs> I got here. I yeah. Something no, it's weird? definitely broken. Okay, got it. I, I feel really happy that you're saying this, and I didn't have to bring it up. So, how did you break your nose? Um, I was like really drunk. Of course. And um. This is like why when I stopped drinking liquor was because of this. <laughs> so I uh, I went to like my roommate's girlfriend's house and we were all drinking over there and we were walking to Davis and uh, I was like, hey, uh, piggyback rides and uh, I was trying to flirt with her roommate. So her roommate jumped on my back and uh, I was really off balance. So as soon as like, her weight hit my back. I just went straight forward, like face planted, like the top of my nose hit the ground like first and just cracked right open and bled everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I think I broke my nose. I don't know, I never went to see a doctor or anything about it. You don't make good choices, Rob. You don't, you. Scar on my nose and I don't drink liquor anymore. So yeah, I regret that okay. <laughs> pretty badly. Actually, that hurt for quite a while. And you didn't see any. You didn't do anything about it. Put some Neosporin and a Band-Aid on there. You're like you're still what? You're 25. 26. 26. Yeah. So you're still on your parents' insurance, and you still. Like... No, no, I had my own insurance. They you... kicked me off, yeah, before 26. <laughs> so you have your own insurance. Late at night, and I was really drunk. I didn't want to go to the ER. I think it's a little, it's a little scar. It kind of is almost. Your nose looks different. Your nose is like a different shape than it used to be. Yeah, a little bit, but it's not. It's not too bad. It's a little to the side. I don't know. Um, Can you breathe normally? There's like nothing wrong with you that way. For the most part, okay. yeah. It like bled from the inside and from the out. It was. Uh, it was pretty bad, yeah. I did uh, still end up making out with the girl, though. I think she Covered felt really bad. Yeah, I, like, blood in her bed. <laughs> I'm a real terrible human being. <laughs> you got to work on it. Bad. Yeah. You really on it. I've been trying to clean up my act since then. I haven't had too many blackout nights since then. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Good luck in New York. Yeah, the, with the bars being open till four, that, that might be an issue. Uh, I might be sober for the second episode that we record this podcast, but we'll see. I'm hoping to keep it within within reasonable measure, but we'll see. Just don't die. Work on that. Yeah, yeah. I think like, I stay alive. Uh, I don't know. That's what they say, and then it's like, oh, you hear about Robert? Yeah, Robert died at thirty because he was an alcoholic. I appreciate your confidence in me, Kenny's. Hey, I'm estimating that you live another four years. I think that's pretty positive on my part. So, any final thoughts? Like, this is one of your last days in Boston. 
I'm glad I moved up here. It's been a really fun year. There's a lot of really great, talented comedians in the city, and uh, it definitely made me a lot better. I've had a lot of fun, yeah. Don't regret this decision at all. This has been Person About Town, uh, the last words ever said by Rob Harper. He actually died in a horrific car accident moments after recording. No, he's fine. He's still sitting here. Look him up. All right. Bye, guys.